You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling in the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and then to mine, to those people who lived well and died well and bring to us the legacy of all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines. I call out to those ancestors who are ready, willing, and able to be true ancestral helping spirits, to assist us, the living, in meeting the challenges of our time, of using the gifts that we bring into this life and in those acts to gain the gifts that are here for us and to do all of this in a way that allows us to do what we've truly come here to do and to open the way for those who are coming. I call out to these ancestors and ask them to gather around us and help us, help us to be better humans. And as I reach through these ancestors, all these human ancestors, to those who were here long before they were humans. And I call out to these non-human ancestral helping spirits to be with us here today and to guide us. Help us to remember those things that do go with us when we die and to cultivate those things in life, to put them first so that they actually get our time and our attention, our blood, sweat, and tears, that we pay attention to the shaping and crafting of our soul in our days here on earth. And for all of the assistance that we receive from the helping spirits around us, I give enormous gratitude. And as they gather and take their place around us here today, let us gather ourselves from wherever our minds might be into our heads. And from our heads, let's focus to our hearts. And from our hearts to our bellies. And from our bellies, let's take a moment and focus. Focus all of our love, all of our attention on the earth itself and give gratitude for this day, no matter what it holds in store for you. We give gratitude for diversity and beauty and for the wonder all around us that is life itself. And we give gratitude to the generosity of the dreaming of this fair planet, this generosity that we can change anything as long as we are still breathing. And with great gratitude to life here on this earth and the earth herself, we begin to reach down through all the layers of the earth, letting our gratitude flow out from our hearts as we go, moving down and down and down to the very center of the earth. And we take a moment to anchor ourselves firmly there, to connect to the earth and to tune in to those energies that are not about expression and ecstasy and expression here on earth, but those energies that are what comes before, the potential, the nourishment, that which replenishes and restores and refreshes. We tune into that which is dark and cool and still and silent. We tune into this energy and reach into it as we would reach for a deep breath or a great draft of water. 
we reach into this energy and draw it up, drawing it up into ourselves, into our day, into these proceedings, calling up this energy that refreshes and renews and restores. We draw this energy in and we use it in our lives to understand how to truly be grounded in our bodies, on this earth, and in that to know where we stand and let that clarify our thinking here in the world, know where we stand and what we stand for, and to create our own sense of home and belonging from this, that which has meaning and value to us, and to do so in a way that opens the doors to those who are different than we are, that we might be provoked through conversations and the unexpected to surprises and even frustrations to awaken into the men and women we have truly come here to be. And as these energies come in, let us understand how to welcome these energies within ourselves, that which is in us, and yet other than we thought we were. Let us come to understand that kind of inner connection, connection with others, interdependent connection, and all the many forms of relationship that create life here on earth. And may we be blessed in this day by a moment of sensing our little place, in that great web of life and may we take our right relationship with ourself from that moment right relationship with others right relationship with the environment and right relationship with the invisible world and as we settle into a strong rooted foundation within ourselves, let us draw the energy of the earth up like a great fountain of water drawing up through the heart and the mind out through the sky whatever weather it holds for you today out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos reaching up past all the heavenly bodies all the great mysteries and wonders of our universe all the way to the highest power of the universe and by whatever way you know that energy whatever name you call it Reach out to it, connect with it, find yourself in it and it in you and draw this energy down into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings. We call this energy in and in this way we draw in blessing into our lives and into this day. We call this energy in to draw in protection, devotion and commitment, all the benevolence of this universe and all the wisdom of the cosmos. We call these energies in to draw down inspiration and illumination and innovation. We call these energies in and open to the beneficence of this experience. We call it in and draw it into our head, our head to our heart, our heart to our belly, and send it down to the center of the earth. And in this way we intend with our heart and mind to connect heaven and earth through us, become this meeting place of these two great and legendary beings, the big lovers, those who create the big love they gave this entire experience of form its form, this great illusion we all participate in. And we ask that big love to awaken the spirit of our hearts, to challenge it into a fierce and energized place, and to allow the crucible of the heart to open up, to draw up the fiery passions of the belly, to draw down the crystal clarity of the mind, and to have these energies mix and merge there in that crucible so that they might dance, a fiery dance, of difference and contrast and challenge to each other to bring forth that third and most sacred thing, the memory, the inkling, the inspiration, the passion, the knowing in some way for why you are here. And may you find in that very same and beautiful human heart the courage to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world. And I give enormous gratitude to all of the spirit help that we have that allows us to do just that. 
May what needs to be said be said here today, and what needs to be heard be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I would like to give thanks to Sarah and Elizabeth, Deborah, Darcy, William, Malama, Valerie, and all of the other listeners who have been able to donate financially to the show. Why Shamanism Now is listener-supported, and I ask those of you who are moved by the show to move into action in some way and support the show. If you'd like to donate to the show, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com. You will not, on- not only will you find the archives of hundreds of hours there, but you will also find the opportunity to click the support button and donate any amount, large or small. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And I also give thanks to those of you that are doing many other things that help the show to grow and to connect with others who are hungry for these kinds of ideas, those of you who share the show, especially those of you that add your own comments. Why are you sharing it? Why does it matter to you? What is the value that you see? The more we are honest and open about what truly has heart and meaning in our own life, the more courage others will find to be open and out and reveal that which truly matters to them. And if we could actually express that clearly in the world, perhaps the world would begin to reflect exactly those things. So I give gratitude to all of you for all that you are doing to help the show to grow. If this show is meaningful to you in any way, if it moves you in the heart, even if it moves you to frustration, I ask you to consider the fact that you have been moved and to do that most fundamental of shamanic things is to allow those things that move your heart to motivate your actions in the world all day, every day. And I thank you for it. So we are live today. Um, It is our final part of a five-part series we've been doing over this year about engaging with the different seasonal um, elemental energies. Um, So if you have questions about today's topic, you can call in at 512-772-1938 or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site or just email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. and I would be happy to answer your questions. This this whole series actually um, is the result of a listener's question. And I think it was um, really a brilliant question. So each season has its own spirit. And they all have a profound influence on us regardless of our climate co- climate-controlled environments and our sense that we are somehow insulated, literally, um, from the weather outside. Um, so this today is, the, as I said, the final part of a five-part series exploring how we can work with the spirits of the seasons. The seasons draw the unique richness from each stage of the cycle of the year on Earth, and we're here on Earth with the seasons. So working intentionally with them um, allows us to live in a kind of balanced vitality. And when we live in a way that we engage in the complete cycle of the seasons openly and skillfully, we can bring a simple elegance, a kind of rich blessings and a refinement of presence to the very core of our lives. And the earth melt element is all about the core of our lives. In fact, I've been thinking as I prepared for this show, we probably should have started here with the earth element. Um, Nonetheless, we didn't. So there you have it. (laughs) So let's review um, what we have covered. So last fall, due to this excellent question from the listener about why he gets depressed or distraught or remorseful as the seasons change, particularly as we change from summer into fall, 
we began this series in working with and not against uh, the seasons as seasonal spirits. And the first show was um, working with the fall. And for Northern Hemisphere people, of course, that's coming up. And it was called Grace as We Transition with the Seasons. And this was about the lung time or the fall and how we could work with that energy shamanically. Okay, so then we followed the fall with a show about winter that was called Moving Through the Heart of Fear. And this was about the kidney time and then the, one of the emotions the kidney processes is fear. And uh, in this show, we talked about the need to go within and renew our connection to source in the wintertime, the need to slow down and to address the more deeper aspect of who we are. Um, and we talked about how we could do that shamanically. So then part three was called Spring, Dreaming and Manifesting. There are actually many shows about dreaming and manifesting in springtime in the archives. But the one that was part of this season's series was called Spring, Dreaming and Manifesting. And in this, we explored spring and liver time. The dreamer, who's the liver, and the manifester, who's the gallbladder, um, are the wood element. And the strong, flexible, upward-rising nature of the wood is the expression of the dreamer waking up and the manifester moving to make those dreams happen in the world. And then we did part four, which was about summertime, joyful manifestation, summer and shamanism. And in this, we explored the big yang of the summer and action. And we talked about the quality of our actions, as in precision and devotion and excellence and the alignment of our actions. And in that, we talked about the Ling and the Shen spirits, twin spirits of the heart. So um, we explored, of course, how you can engage in all of this shamanically. Um, and so we've explored the transitional season of fall and the need to be aware of the movement in fall from yang to yin. And then the winter, which is big, full, yin time, ideally. And then spring, which is another transitional season and a movement from yin to yang. And then summer, which is the big, full, yang energy. And then back to fall, transitioning in the movement from yang to yin. So the seasons, each within themselves, have a fullness and a balance within each element as they express themselves, ideally. And then as a whole, you know, they, as we move through the cycle, there's a great big wholeness moving from yin into yang and then yang back to yin again, right? Okay, but we have a fifth season, so what gives, right? <laughs> where the hell do we put that one? Uh, <clears throat> so this is where um, the Taoism, to me, gets more shamanic. And often um, the typical five-pointed star or pentacle used to to learn about different five element systems gets shifted and the earth is put in the center with the other four elements distributed around and um, in this way the Chinese medicine um, begins to look much more shamanic um, just like the Dagara five element system or any of the other five element systems shared by many of the shamanic peoples across Asia and Africa so and it's important for people influenced by North Americans, be they indigenous or just the contemporary loud ones like me, that, you know, half of the shamanism of the world easily is based on five element systems, very much like Chinese medicine. Um, nonetheless, for, for most, for many, the earth is placed smack dab in the center. 
And that's because the earth element offers centeredness, groundedness, and the structure, the ability to structure in the sense of being able to create stability, you know, stable, healthy thinking, stable, healthy emotions, stable, healthy actions and choices in life, stability. So the earth element, uh, its role is replenishment. So at the end of each season, the energy goes back to the earth for regeneration. And this is why the earth is um, tonifying and nourishing. So each seasonal energy goes back to the earth for regeneration and the earth energy nourishes and tonifies each of the other elemental energies. And so it's this constant um, kind of in-out breathing of the expression of the energy and then back into the earth and expression and back into the earth. So when we tonify our earth element, we are actually indirectly tonifying all the elements. The earth energy is nourished by each season um, as it is declining, as it, you know, it's, it's, it's run its full course and it's now moving into transition. And then the nature of the earth element lays the ground for the season that is then coming. So summer feeds into the earth, which then feeds into fall and fall feeds into the earth, which then feeds into winter and so on around the wheel. Okay, so then what happens if you don't live in your body and you have no earth element? You don't live in a way that is cultivating your earth element. Where do the other other elemental energies go at the end of their season? what receives everything and gener- regenerates and nourishes everything. I mean, I get it. The earth element is not sexy. Everybody wants to be fire. Everybody wants to have the great ideas and be the great visionary, be the air. Everybody wants to be everything, be the big healer, the big water nature person, right? Nobody wants to be the earth because the earth is not sexy. But there is nothing else without the earth and this is that statement is true elementally within each of us as humans it is literally true for all of life as we know it today there will be nothing without this earth we need to keep that in mind because you know as within so without etc okay so the earth element does not really just correlate with late summer. I mean, it's tends, it tends to be correlated with late summer or what we call in this neck of the woods, Indian summer, because we have these five seasons here in the Pacific Northwest. But it doesn't really matter because the earth element really is about late fall, late winter, late spring as well. Um, it is about that period of time that is no longer one season and not yet the season that is coming. So the earth is neutral in a sense. It offers a time to stop and reflect. So these are earthy questions to ask ourselves in these transitions between each of the four seasons. So you could ask yourself in this neutral place between, am I getting what I need? If my needs are being met, then where will I direct my surplus of energy because if my needs are being met I should have energy to give and if so where am I giving it where am I directing it because earth element is actually all about the quality of our relationships of our giving and receiving of energy 
So if your needs are not being met, are you being honest about that? And what help will you ask for to meet those needs directly? And from whom will you ask that help? Is this something you can ask your helping spirits about or do you need to ask a human about it? Do you need to ask a master about it and actually learn something new? So this neutral earth time reminds you to find your center. Because, of course, if we're going to ask these questions and sort of assess the current reality of our life, we need to do so from a centered place. Can you find your center? Or are you, for some energetic reason, prohibited from getting down into your belly and into your root chakra? Are you afraid of what you would find there? Or are you lost, simply lost in your head? What would it take for you to come home to your body? The earth is all about nourishing yourself physically as well as emotionally. It is as much about the food you eat as it is about all aspects of self-care, emotional and psychological. Because it is about how we draw things in, assess what is nutritious, what is usable, and release what is unusable, all in a good way. Okay, so earth, elementally, is the center and the stability. It is the element around which all the other elements of the seasons pivot. And so the organ system that's connected with the earth element is the spleen, pancreas, and stomach. And these are, these are the earth element organs. And they occupy a fundamentally central place in the physiology of a human being. And from that place, doing their job, they nourish all the other organs, literally. And as such, they nourish the body as a whole. So the earth element is all about center, groundedness, nourishment, and wholeness. So for those of you who didn't pay attention in high school, biology, I know there's many of you, the earth element organs, the spleen, pancreas, and stomach are involved in the processing of, um, the, uh, sorry, the process of procuring, absorbing, and converting the food into something that can be used by our body. So the spleen stomach are involved in taking the food that we eat and drink and generating chi and ultimately nourishing and generating the blood. So the spleen stomach transports and transforms food. It absorbs the nourishment from the food and it separates the unusable from the usable elements of the food. And this is very important because there's all this stuff going around now about how much protein there is in vegetables, for example. Yeah, there are. It's called cellulose. We can't digest it. <laughs> it's so silly, right? We can't use it. Right? It's roughage. It goes right through, which is good for us. But still, let's all be real here. These literal functions then can easily translate into excellent journey questions about your own energy. So how do, you, how do the essence energies that you serve flow in your body, in your life? You can ask any questions about the transportation of essence energies or energy itself or the transformation of it in your body. You can just ask directly, how is it flowing? Is it getting blocked? Is it stagnant? Is it, um, are the channels for it too small for what you're trying to move through your body now? There's so many um, wonderful answers that you could receive by asking questions in this format uh, from this perspective of this element. 
is my point. You could ask, show me the aspects of myself or my life that are not receiving needed nourishment. Is there nourishment available that is stagnant or being redirected? Your first answer could lead you to whatever the next is to ask about your nourishment, you know, in terms of are you looking at an excess energy that needs to be mobilized or deficient energy that needs to be remedied. You could ask, show me where in myself or my life that I am determined to use unusable elements. I can't tell you how many relationship dramas this would have saved me from, right? It could also be, show me the unusable energies in my life sorry, show me the usable energies in my life I am not using fully or I am allowing others to use. Because remember, earth element is about relationships and how much are you allowing the nourishment in your life to be directed or redirected in ways that are inappropriate for your own health and well-being. You could even just ask, where do I lack good discernment? For what energies are usable and what are unusable. You could assess a whole lot of relationships that way through one journey question. So the organs of the earth element generate chi and blood, which nourishes the body as a whole and supports our sense of a center, our sense of groundedness and stability. And this is uh, meant um, mentally and emotionally, sort of physically, mentally, and emotionally, that these, um, the physical quality of groundedness and centeredness, which is also an energetic quality, correlates with those same qualities in the emotions and in the mind. Okay, so um, master herbalist Susan Weed um, had some really, a really interesting post about the earth element um, in her seasonal post recently. And what she says is the earth element operates in both physical and mental level. On both levels, the earth is responsible for digestion and assimilation of food and nourishment, as well as the digestion and assimilation of information and ideas. Okay, so let me be really direct here. The reason this is so important is so many contemporary people suffer from a lack of time and energy devoted to their earth element, their groundedness and their centeredness in their body, and way too much time in information and in their mind. And you'll and as we as we talk more here about the earth element, you'll see why this is um, a profoundly negative feedback depleting cycle. It's important to understand that that which, this element, the earth element that is all about digestion and assimilation is the exact same element whether we're talking about food and therefore energy and blood in the body or our mind and how our mind affects our emotions and our emotions affect our mind. So the earth element imbalance, of oh, this back to Susan. Okay, the earth element imbalance helps us to focus the mind so that we may achieve our goals and realize our dreams. When overburdened from excess on any level, whether it is from food or information, our earth element cannot digest or assimilate what it needs and what it receives. So when we can't assimilate physically or emotionally, the excess becomes congestion or stagnation. When the earth element is exhausted, 
the mind becomes disoriented and easily distracted and the body becomes fatigued. So our earth element easily assimilates nourishment from a variety of sources, food, relationships, creativity. So the earth element in harmony enjoys diverse relationships and is able to set goals and achieve them without distraction. So it has to do with the easy flow of the relationship we actually talked about last week when we were talking about the Kung and the trickster and community is that easy flow of the relationship between the emotions and the mind, the purpose and the action, that these things are all flowing together um, as a unified whole um, towards achieving the goal without distraction. When the earth element is not in balance, we become chronically tired or lethargic in the body, the mind lacks mental clarity and it can become compulsive. Okay, so what I would add to what Susan has said is then often we start reaching for false substitutes rather than actually doing the things that support the earth, the earth element itself. We reach for stimulants, drugs, um, uh, adrenaline kinds of things that uh, compensate that, that falsely compensate for our lack of center and groundedness and stability and taking the time to do the things to nourish ourselves. So when the earth element is out of balance, we lack stability, our energy body or our physical body or our mind. So if we avoid this call, this feeling of instability or insecurity, um, this um, impulse to find our center and ground ourselves, when we avoid that call, um, and the need then to ground ourselves and cultivate true stability, our efforts to create stability in other ways are false. And false stability can be seen in obesity in the body. That's one expression of false stability of the earth element, excessive earth element. But it can also be seen in the creation of an excessive identity or personality, you know, creating a, a scaffolding around yourself as a as a personality that's holding up that's propping up mentally a person internally that lacks centeredness and a groundedness and an, an internal sense of confidence and stability so um there are lots of ways that we manifest a kind of false stability when we're unwilling to do the things that are necessary to create true stability through the through um, nurturing and balancing the earth element Okay, so the earth element is stability, but when we avoid living in our body, we have no true center. When we avoid appropriate self-care, avoid our practices of energy body care and maintenance, so appropriate physical self-care, appropriate energetic self-care, and we avoid choosing to cultivate a grounded presence in life, then we have no true center. It is amazing to me how many people who have no true center come to me as a client asking to know their soul's purpose. You will know your soul's purpose if you know your center because that's where it is. It lives there. It's not gone. And if you can't cultivate a sense of your center and touch that energy that is your purpose, how do you expect to proceed on the journey of destiny to manifest your purpose just because someone else tells you what it is? You can't direct yourself consistently day by day towards that purpose without a sense of your own center to perceive things from and to act from. So it's all very much tied in together. So a balanced earth element is center. 
from the sense of our center, we can see what we need. We can see what we have. We can see what we are lacking. When we are grounded and stable, we can easily ask and receive. When we acknowledge our own needs, then we can be sensitive in an accurate way with good discernment to the needs of others. And this is one of the things I actually talked about in the shows about rising up after your life has fallen apart. People haven't rebuilt their own life yet, and all they want to do is follow their soul's purpose and serve others. Well, serve yourself first. You know, put on your air mask first, then put on the oxygen mask for the kid. You know, it's like you, you, need, you cannot give to others what you have not given to yourself. So the strength of the earth element is seen in the creation of strong relationships with ourselves, with the different aspects of ourself, with our intimate partners, and with our communities. Weak relationships have unclear boundaries. They express neediness and unexpressed desires. And this is the sign of an earth element out of balance in relationship. And excesses in the earth element can result in pensiveness, brooding, worry, uncertainty, and spinning in our heads around thoughts again and again and again. And again, this is all the kind of mental activity that results when we are functioning without groundedness or center. See what I mean? It's not sexy. Earth element's not sexy. It's all about doing what you know you should be doing and doing it anyway, even if you don't want to. So anyway, so this is part of what it, what it means then when a practitioner says you don't live in your body. This isn't an issue of your sensitivity. In fact, highly sensitive people need to be even more careful to cultivate a good balance in their earth energies. The more sensitive you are, the more you perceive of yourself as an empath, for example, the more you need to deeply understand your earth energies and to cultivate them to stay in balance and not get derailed by others and their issues. This means we need to eat the right foods for us. We need to engage in self-care appropriately and consistently. And we need to cultivate through practices a sense of grounding and a personal sense of center. Absolutely. This, this is a human need. You don't get to opt out clause because you're so special. Right, we all need to do this. So, some um, emotional and energetic symptoms of an earth imbalance, just so you can kind of get the sense of it, is low self esteem, chronic worry, craving for love and affection, as well as craving for sweets, um, a poor, poor um, indigestion, poor bowels, poor um, irregularities. These are all signs of a weak earth element or um, an out-of-balance earth element, lethargy and lack of energy, particularly if you're actually eating enough. You're eating reasonable amounts of food and good food and yet not feeling energized. Um, it can also just be heavy feelings in the body, achiness um, or um, in the legs, head, and arms. These can all be um, earth element signs versus signs of depression or signs that you need to go take a pharmaceutical. They are signs you need to move your energy in your energy body into practices that allow you to ground and center yourself. Okay, now here's the really interesting part about the earth and, it, and its central place as the center of everything that's nourishing and replenishing is in Chinese medicine, the spleen is said to be the house of thought. The spleen influences our capacity for thinking. So it's not so much the thinker 
as much as it is the kind of thinking that we're doing, our capacity for good quality thought, which would be the ability to study, to concentrate, to focus, to memorize. You know, that as Susan Weed said, the ability to move towards your purpose and not be distracted, right? The ability to learn from our life experiences and do it different next time. So this is actually the emotional aspect of the earth element is this quality of um, sound thinking. Um, so is your thinking grounded in the heart, in your center? So this is the Kung, we're actually speaking of this. I talked about it in last week's show, in the Trickster and Community show, that they're saying that the, the importance to raise the energy, to raise the heart, to envelop the mind, so that the mind works with the heart. It's, it's actually the exact same idea, that the center needs to rise up and be strong enough to hold the mind in right relationship versus allowing our energy to climb up into our head and run off in trickster thinking. So in, in many ways, uh, utterly unplanned, this show and last week's show about the trickster and community are very, very deeply related. So have you allowed your energy to rise up, freeing your mind from your heart and your body and flying into unhealthy thought patterns? The earth element is about the center, which means it is about where the emotions affect our thinking and our thinking affects our emotions. Um, it's very, um, to me, a very interesting aspect of the earth element. So the state of any organ affects the emotions that are related to it and, and, uh, and indulging in those emotions affects the organ. So if the earth element is flourishing, we think clearly, we're able to concentrate, and we're able to memorize things or learn things easily. In other words, the qualities of thought that allow us to gain perspective and to grow come from a balanced um, earth elemental energy. But if the earth element is weak, our thinking will be dull, concentration will be slack, and memory will be poor. So the um, spleen... One, one aspect of this organ system of the earth element, the spleen easily suffers from deficient patterns. Um, and this can be created very easily by excess mental activity for sustained periods. And this tends to weaken the spleen. And for most people, your job requires excess mental activity. So it's very common for contemporary people, um, you know, if your job involves a computer, um, that you're going to end up challenging this elemental energy which means not that you necessarily need to get a new job it means you need to bring into your life activities that will balance and cultivate the earth element um, so excessive mental activity also includes excessive pensiveness worry and constant brooding about things so worry and excessive thinking cause stagnation um, particularly of the stomach and thus worry leads to ulcers you know so this is all very circular and so as the stomach and the spleen are shut down then we get into more of this um, poor quality thinking which then shuts down the stomach and the spleen it's it's a really very negative feedback loop people so it's important to become aware of it notice when you're doing it and and cultivate a repertoire of practices that allow you to step out of it so the stomach, interestingly, easily suffers excessive patterns, which often express themselves in mental confusion, severe anxiety, hyperactivity, and in its extreme, manic behavior. Okay, so track with me here, people. <laughs> so 
Think about this. The stomach and the spleen, who nourish all the other elements, are at the root, when they are out of balance, of excessive thinking, brooding, anxiety, and hyper or manic states. And we prescribe, we treat this as a mental problem, right? Not a physical problem, but a mental problem. And we prescribe pharmaceuticals that shut down the gut as a side effect and thus aggravate the root source of the mental problems in the first place. So you need to seriously, seriously consider your use of pharmaceuticals for these supposed mental problems. What the earth element is saying is that these issues of the thinking are not issues of the mind. They are issues of your centeredness, of your rootedness, of your nourishment and your willingness to surrender to the fact that you are human and you are incarnate in a body which is a profound gift and you need to care for it. One sign of a strong earth element is the creation of strong relationships within ourself, with our intimate partners and with our communities. When balanced, the earth reflects itself in the ability to be empathic to our own needs as well as others. So in other words, if someone is in pain, a healthy earth response would be to support that person in a way that they are ultimately able to care for themselves. And we do not lose ourselves in their process. That is a healthy empathy, a healthy earth energy. Excess earth reflects itself as sympathy and worry. And in sympathy, we lose ourselves in the other or take on their pain. Excesses of pity and worry for another's plight reflects an imbalance in earth. And the continual pity party you play for yourself and worry about what you cannot possibly know are definitely signs of an earth imbalance. So excess earth can also become consumed in worry and obsessive compulsive thinking. So is your behavior actually a mental issue? Or is it an issue of your earth element, of your gut, and of your willingness to dial down and practice? Cultivate a center. Cultivate a true sense of groundedness that is not place-specific. Yes, you can go to a place in nature and learn from those trees and other nature spirits how to be grounded. But you need to learn from them how you can be grounded, not just go out in nature and steal their groundedness. Learn, change, create new patterns, create healthy earth patterns. Deficient earth element can be expressed as a lack of capacity to feel empathy um, for the marginalized aspect of yourself or others. Um, it can also be shown in aloofness and the inability to connect. So there's, there's over-consuming in others' lives and under-connecting to others' lives that are expre expressions of the earth element out of balance. So journey to your earth element, not to the symptoms and the imbalance that they set up, but to the earth elemental energy itself and ask, what does it need? When we balance the earth element, um, that, uh, that energy gets expressed in our life through just natural fairness, you know, even thinking, fairness, compassion, healthy relationships, healthy boundaries in relationships. We take daily actions to cultivate and maintain our energy and our groundedness. We do this um, as we need to relative to our level of sensitivity, but also relative to our needs in that day. 
So my practices are very different on days that I see clients than they are on days that I do the radio show. Very different practices to support the energetic needs of that day and to try to keep myself in good relationship with the others that I'm interacting with through those activities. What's interesting about the earth element, and I admit I don't quite understand this, or I think I do very intuitively, is that music making is an aspect of a healthy earth element. And I think that there's a sense of um, the way music and movement draw us directly into the rhythmic center of our physical body. I think it grounds us. The ability to make music and to be in the rhythm and to uh, rediscover ourselves in that. So the spleen and the stomach are considered the root of the post-heaven chi. And so post-heaven chi basically means after you're born. Okay. So this is the energy, the day-to-day energy of life after you're manifest here. And so the earth element is the root of your human life. Um, as the root of the this post-heaven chi, it is the root of your the chi that becomes the blood. So it's all about how chi and blood are life. Life is chi and blood and that circling around in this that core center of that which nourishes all things. So this energy literally and energetically nourishes all of the other organs. So your centeredness or lack of centeredness affects all other facets of your life. All other elemental energies, everything. So the organs that are, so if you make choices through your actions that diminish the health of your earth elemental energy, then that will weaken your spleen and your stomach, which is why kind of understanding the organs matter a little, you know, just enough to recognize, you know, what damage am I doing by choosing to do this? What remedy am I really offering myself by choosing to do this? So in other words, a life that is purely filled with mental pursuits and then meditation practices that take you out of your body. And that's an, there's, Well, let me say it this way. There are a range of different meditation practices because human beings need a range. So you need to be very careful if you're a person who works all day with excessive mental activity and then you have meditation practices that is your only balancing practice that then is a mental activity that you leave your body, then you need to check whether you're really creating balance. Perhaps what you actually need is a form of meditation that involves chanting or something that is rhythmic and activated in the body, in the resonance of the body. Maybe you need something like Qigong that is more directly about grounding and center than a meditation that is purely in the mind. So I don't know. I'm not criticizing any of those things. I'm just encouraging you to question the balance or lack of balance in your life and how your practices may or may not be supporting um, this, this true balance, especially here at the core, you know, this sort of spleen, stomach, making the chi, making the blood, very literally this place in the body. 
So the spleen transforms everything that we eat and drink into chi and blood. It is considered the key to manufacturing blood through its function of extracting chi from foods. Weak earth element and you get no chi from your food. No chi from your food, you're exhausted and you get a weaker earth element. And so you begin to reach for sugar or for caffeine or for more profound stimulants or activities that you would engage in that are very high adrenal activities to compensate for the fact that actually underneath it all you're exhausted. So it's so it's very in some ways of all of the elements the very act of weakness tends to create greater weakness very quickly around this this element the spleen and stomach. So if the whole chi energy blood thing doesn't really convince you to look at this in your life, then remember that the spleen is also responsible for clarity of thought and your ability to concentrate. So when the spleen is weak, our thinking is unclear and we worry. We constantly run over the same thing in our minds. In this way, the mental and physical digestion are very closely linked. Where we can't digest physically, we can't digest mentally. Um, so if you notice uh, always that it's much harder to think clearly after a large meal. I mean, it's like nap time, right, after a large meal. When the spleen and stomach are digesting, the mind kind of can't think and vice versa. So this is also why excess worry produces stomach ulcers. So again, remember the spleen easily goes into deficiencies. The stomach easily goes into excesses. This element seems to easily go out of balance. It needs our um, daily constant um, recognition of the power in our life of choosing to live in a way that is centered and grounded. So the earth element is literally and energetically about living in your body. Without your body, there is no center. Without your center, there is no clear thought. There is only trickster thinking, worry, and anxiety. And so you need to think very, very carefully about any spiritual practice that is encouraging you to abandon your body. It's trickster thinking. And you're going to miss the point of being here. So in the end then here in today's show, perhaps the deep question is of why you don't live in your body is really the thing to go ask about shamanically. I think most of us understand intuitively, intuitively whether we do or don't live in our body. So, he, so here's like the basic test. When things go sideways in life, do you go with them? Or are you able to stay centered when the shit hits the fan? Are you personally able to stay centered when other people's energy starts flying around the room? Are you able to stay grounded when others start pushing you around energetically? Another way to check is do you have free and full access to what is actually going on in all of your chakras, particularly the first, second, and third. Okay, so if you don't even know you have chakras and you've never checked, 
you probably need to check your earth element. But in particular, when I speak deeply with people as clients, then it comes out that they don't really have access to their first or second or third chakra or all of the above. So these are all signs that you do not actually have a good healthy center and a good strong sense of groundedness. If you can only be grounded when you're sitting next to a tree, you are not grounded. So the important thing to remember as you kind of do this basic energy assessment about your center and your grounded groundedness and your um, ability to be in your chakras in your body or not is that all of these answers you get are energy habits and they're just a habit that needs to be changed so perhaps the real question then is why don't I live in my body so this is really I think the, the profound place to go not chasing the symptoms of someone who has an, um, an earth element out of balance but to ask the question either directly about the earth element or about why you don't live in your body stop um, making up excuses and moving around the elephant in the center of the room you're not special nobody is everybody equally needs to be centered and grounded the more sensitive you are the more empathic you are the more available you are to other people the more you need to be centered and grounded the more your work puts you in um, day-to-day contact with other people the more you need to be centered and grounded so it's very very simple all humans do so using your journey skills you could ask these real questions so why are you not why don't you live in your body so if it's a spirit issue there could be some ignorance around what's really going on in our spirit um, because we don't really get very good information to start with Um, you could get really poor quality information off the internet or with some particular group you've been following um, that's guiding you or it could be trickster thinking you've just led yourself astray or it could be some intentional misinformation either way the point is you've got information processing in your head at a spirit level for like who you are and what you're doing here and how everything works here Um, that's problematic so whatever it is you could ask what ideas about my spiritual life do I carry that undermine the balance of my earth element you might as well ask these questions directly for your mind you can ask what beliefs about myself do I carry that undermine the balance of my earth element so continuing we carry our pain from our whole life in our body I get that I get that's actually the reason most of you can't get in chakras and don't want to be in your body because there's a lot of hurt there I get that it's not an excuse it's an explanation okay so you still need to live in your body so clean up the house clean up the pain of the past heartbreaks so ask what wounding have I left unhealed in my heart that undermines the balance of my earth element find out what they are do what is necessary to heal them what actions do I take so now we're in the physical 
What actions do I take daily or otherwise that undermine the balance of my earth element? Maybe you're really great five days a week and you blow it on the weekends. Maybe you're great on the weekends, but you blow it at work every day. I don't know. Maybe it's a daily thing. Maybe it's an occasional thing. But what actions do you take that are actually undermining your earth element? Like, for example, in my life, because my husband and I are both practitioners, we often eat late because we need to have that 6 o'clock session available for our clients. At least that's our rationale. So we often eat late. Eating late is not really good for your spleen. Right, so this is an this is a daily, often a daily activity that we are doing that does undermine our earth element. I mean, I'll admit it. I got my own work to do here. But another thing to ask is what do I create or cultivate energetically to have a healthy balance with my earth energy? For many of you, this would be the sweetest answer is what do you actually need to do to simply cultivate this healthy relationship with yourself, with others, with your communities. Maybe all those mental problems you think you have aren't mental at all. They're earth, their heart, their center, their grounding, and your choice to be in right relationship with yourself. I wanted to share a quote uh, from Tom Pinkson that made me think about all of this. And he says, we are all sacred, worthy, luminous beings. We are love and our love is forgiving. By waking up to this life-changing truth, we can all live from our essence, meaning, and purpose. And they are birthed anew. Love grows, creativity flows, enabling us to meet today's challenges with the requisite wisdom to create a world that works for the greatest good for all. Tom Pinkson. So I give thanks to the earth element for hanging in there with us and helping us to balance and recreate balance day in and day out. I give thanks to the earth below, the sky above, the ancestors all around, and the heart that unites us all. So I want to let you know really quickly about fall classes. For those of you that have questions about the clearing practice that I talk about all the time on the shows, I cannot teach you through podcasts. It's a live activity. You need to come. You could come to Portland, Oregon, October 23rd through 25th. It's just a weekend. It will change your life, assuming you practice it. And you can register right now through the website at lastmasscenter.org. One weekend, one new skill, clearing practice. There you go. All in one handy-dandy package. So for those of you that are interested in working with your ancestral energies and beginning to heal your ancestral lines, there's going to be a workshop um, the weekend before that, October 16th through the 18th at Rose Center in Massachusetts for you East Coast people or people that want to head to that neck of the woods. And then um, in early November, the 6th through the 8th, I'll be working here in Portland again with people that actually know how to do ancestral healing from a shamanic perspective. We are going to see what kind of ancestral healing we could do working together as a group versus as individuals. So these are the fun and fantastic shamanic events coming up here at Last Mass Center. Um, I invite you all to join me. Um, registration for all these things can be found at uh, lastmaskcenter.org. 
Thank you, everyone. Have a great week.